Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 250 of Dude and a Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring. I'm not drinking at the moment, and I've had... I'm having some Percol coffee that's also got guarana in it. Oh, nice. And it's, um, yeah. Is it yeah. peppy? It, peppy's the fucking word. That's, yeah, like, I, yeah. Oh. I'm on, uh, what am I on? I'm on, I'm on Pepsi Max. Very good. That'll do as on, well. Very good. On Pepsi Max, uh, I've got lamb currently uh four and a half hour roasting oh, in wow. the in the oven uh Fuck to you. eat <sighs> after we podcast so yeah so I'm, I'm good i'm good at the moment i'm just gonna get in my bed hang on because i'm a little i'm a little nippy i'm a little nippy there we go oh yeah i, 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 I am as usual sat on my bed oh. um uh, but yeah, so episode 250 oh. here. We're up to 250. That is fucking weird. Yeah, it is. We got there. We got there. Yes. It's been like five years, four months. Yeah. So so pretty much on for an episode a week, really. Yeah, get, getting there. Um, I mean, we've had the occasional week where we've maybe done a playing it forward instead or a commentary track instead, and we haven't yeah. like episode numbered those. But... You know, we haven't done the, the chin stroker versus punter thing of on occasion splitting an episode in two and calling it different episode numbers. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, even though, to be like, I'm, I'm only teasing. Um, I, I, I just kind of want to see what Mike's response is going to be. God knows, Paul. I'm, I'm sure Paul doesn't listen to this, but I want to s- listen to podcasts. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I, I want to see what Mike's reaction is. It's going to be a fun test. But yeah, yeah, we, we've we've been. We've been pretty fucking consistent. I, we had, did we have time? No. Did we have time off when Lot- Lottie was born or did we just? No. We, we, we literally powered through. We, re- we recorded, um, I think like two days after Lottie was born. Maybe, yeah. That, I, I would not remember that show if that was the case, but that's interesting. <laughs> no, I think, no, I think we recorded the week, we recorded like a day before she was born. And then we recorded about four or five days after. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so this week um, we have... It's only been like sort of four or five days since we last recorded and we have playing it forward um, on in, in a couple of days. Mm. So uh, it, it, there's not actually been that much time to watch stuff. So what we're actually doing is we're going to do the Isle of Dogs review. We're going to also bring you a review, uh, as we do quite often, of a Netflix film. Uh, the film is Game Over Man. Um from the Workaholics guys, I'm, I, I, am, I am writing that. Yeah, yeah the Workaholics guys. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, thank you. Good. I, thought, I was thinking, I'm about to say this, and people are going to go, no. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I think I've got maybe one uh, what I've been watching. But then we're also going to do something interesting. We're going to uh, give you a rundown of our <sighs> our top five, but we've actually, Ian's done 18, 18. and I've done 16. Okay. <laughs> um, um, of our best films since the podcast started. Whoa, shit, what the fuck? No, don't do that. Uh-uh. Sorry, my phone. Huh? Why the fuck did my phone just do that? My phone just went, like, flashed up, calling done? calling emergency services in 3, 2, 1. You're not oh, actually, that is odd. You're not actually fucking dialing, are you? <laughs> I didn't even know it could do that. Did yeah, you say no, like a magic word. It's like if you 
if you like oh god what is it it's like if you hammer like volume down and power like repeated times or or just power repeated times it does it but it was literally just laying on my bed ooh that's creepy fuck it I don't like that (laughs) technology is fucking weird today bud yes um, between that and my fucking webcam being on and me being paranoid only for me to discover that I'd actually turned on FaceTime and just with the amount of coffee I've drunk in the last few hours, I, jittery, I think, might be the word. <laughs> no one, you're not fucking sleeping tonight. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, like I said to you before we started, I got. I want to try and get through two of the, get through's not the right, you know, watch two of the Playing It Forward get, films. Yeah. Um, like, yes, so, um, yeah. Sketch me out, sorry. Uh, where was I? So, yeah, um, so, yeah, so, so we're going to get through all, all of that. So, it's we, we don't really know how long this show is going to run, really, to be honest. Um, so, uh, Ian, nothing's happened really, has it, again? Because everything's really quiet in the movie world at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's kind of just... I everyone is just waiting for Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I don't know. I'm waiting for Rampage, personally. But um... Rampage is in a couple of weeks. <laughs> fucking, it's a two week? weeks, isn't it? It's two fucking weeks. It's two weeks until Rampage. Shit. I am. I'm, I'm pretty pumped for that. Oh god, it's two weeks until Rampage. Yep. Um, and also, Ian, have you watched any trailers? I've watched oh, one. Fuck. It's two weeks until Rampage. Um, I, I know, I haven't. I've watched the trailer for the uh, Terminal, the uh, Dexter Fletcher Margot Robbie film. Oh, the, yeah, that one. That like. That's a weird cast in that, isn't it? It is a very weird. Do you know? Do you know what? It, it only is if you take if you take the rest of the cast. It seems pretty. All right, fine. Yeah, I can get on board. Wait, Margot Robbie's in that. <laughs> okay, that's odd. But it's you know she's she's not doing obvious stuff really. It's it's quite refreshing. No, no, she she does whatever the fuck she wants to do. That one, um, which is weird because like. I, Tonya was like the first film that she was actually the lead in and yet she seems to be able to pick her own projects and fair, I don't know how that's happened but fair play to her and she's good yep and the thing is she's not actually been around that long <laughs> well no it, I mean it's, it's, what, yeah cause, sorry Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street was the first sort of proper film really yeah I mean that's the thing she came out of fucking nowhere for, for that didn't she um mm. It's I don't know because it's weird because it's almost like that there was that woman who was in um, American Made, and it almost felt like they were trying to do a, a similar thing with her, like it was going to be a breakout performance. And it's like I don't re- no, I don't remember who she is. Yeah, I, I remember her. I remember seeing her in things, but I don't know her name, mm. <laughs> and I probably should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so fuck it. Let's let's crack straight into it. Let's get into um, into Isle of Dogs. Turpentine brandy. It cools the head and warms the dog bones. It may snow tonight. Really? Thank you very much. Wow. To whom it may concern. She sees the future. Huh. No. She understands TV. (laughs) You seek a dog named Spots. 
Dog Zero. Dog Zero. So Isle of Dogs is um, written and directed by Wes Anderson, a, a filmmaker that Ian is very fond of. And I struggle with, uh, it would be best to say, uh, of that. Um, the film is entirely stop animation. Is that correct? It is entirely stop animation. Yeah, yeah, stop motion. Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. So, before we get into going into the, what is it? So, this entire stop animation. So, technically, <laughs> this will be available for the best animated feature at next, next year's Academy Awards. Yes. Huh. I, I just I started thinking that as it came on. It's, it, it's weird to think that that's... That this will be not it will be available be nominated for 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 that and obviously best picture and things like that but just it's it, it's it, it's odd that this could get nominated for that when usually it is just digimation stuff that gets nominated it's quite strange sorry a little tangent in my brain that I had uh, as the credits were rolling for I'm, this movie um, I'm fairly sure the box trolls got nominated. I think it did, yes, it did actually, yeah, it did. Um, and so did Cuba and the Two Strings, I believe. Mm, mm. But which is a mixture of both, wasn't it? Indeed actually. it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so the, the film is set in a dystopian um, Japan in the kind of near future where a, a dog virus has spread through that has given them um, canine flu, snout Snout fever. Snout fever, that was it. Uh, and they are breeding at an exonerant rate. Um, so the mayor of uh, Megasaki City, uh, Kobayashi, uh, decrees that they all must be banished to a place called Trash Island. Now, Kobayashi's heritage and family are <laughs> um, essentially dog haters because they have taken up against the dogs because they are cat lovers in some weird way historical way it's quite quite something actually um and then the whole film runs follows a a pack of five dogs rex king duke box and chief who are helping atari atari sorry kobayashi kobayashi's nephew who is now his ward after his parents died uh, to find his dog spots who was the first dog ever to be banished to Trash Island. We'll pick up on more of the story as we as we go, won't we? Um, mm-hmm. So, Ian, what did you make of uh, Isle of Dogs? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I... Kind of unsurprisingly for me, to be honest, I, I really liked it. I don't... Um, I mean, it, as, as you said at the start there, Wes Anderson is... Uh, it, frankly, he's one of my current favourite filmmakers. Um, and... Uh, and, and so I wouldn't place this in like the pantheon the, my personal pantheon of Anderson but I also think it's better it's a better film than most filmmakers will make so there's that um, I thought it was very funny um, I thought it was almost parodically not for kids um in in senses um more so than fantastic mr fox and i remember saying at the time that fantastic mr fox wasn't for kids um you know i was debating whether to go and take lottie to see this because the trailer's been on in front of all the fucking kids films so you know then which is a little bit i understand why they're doing that but at the same time when you then have to try and explain to your kid that no I'm not going to take you to this can be quite difficult. Um, so there's that, but that's not the film's fault. It's the marketing. Um, 
I thought it had stuff to say, um, but it wasn't banging your uh, banging you over the head with it. Um, I do the cultural appropriation thing, which I just want to touch on briefly. I think if you if your heritage is Japanese and you feel that Anderson is basically taking this style because he quite likes it. I think you have a fair point there. I would argue that the echoes of Hiroshima are present in the iconography and, you know, the general mood of the film in pieces. So I think to say that it being set in Japan is an entirely cosmetic thing is unfair. But in all fairness, I would say that if Anderson didn't like the typography of the Japanese language quite as much as he obviously does, maybe he wouldn't have thought that maybe he would not have made this film in this way. I really liked it. Cool. If people have issues with it for that, that reason, fair enough. I, I, I would argue with the people who have problems with it on behalf of other people. But, yes, there you go. I really liked it. Mark? Um, I I don't get the, the, the cultural appropriation of it, to be honest. I don't get it. I think... I think if if you are degree in cultural appropriation, it, it kind of says, "All right, so essentially what you're saying is artistically, um, people can only work within what is their own culture." Brilliant. Okay, okay. That so, so, so that's what we're saying now is that um, British filmmakers can only make kitchen sink dramas. American filmmakers can only make cop thrillers. Etc. 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 Okay, that, that that that's 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 cool. Can I just? I'm just gonna try to go over here and have a word with Martin Scorsese and I burn all of his films because some of them are influenced by Kira Kurosawa, some of them are influenced by the French New Wave. And I'm, so I'm just, I'm just gonna go. Over, are you all right with that? Well, I just go over here and tell and tell him off because um, that's that's what I'm gonna do. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Drinking your um, your Italian coffee um, whilst eating your French brioche. And then you're going to go out and eat your Japanese food. Did you know right with that? Cool. I don't, I don't understand it. We need to people doing things and making art that isn't necessarily influenced by the exact fucking location that they grew up and that they're from. You can't just start screaming cultural appropriation at it. it it's you're stifling creativity. It, it doesn't there's, make sense. To there's me. definitely that. Yes, there is definitely that argument to be had as well. I I do. The, the, I don't know. In the end, like with Unsane, uh, Unsane and Isle of Dogs is a fucking link you never thought there would be. Like with Unsane on the last episode, I think that be, we are not. We are straight white men in our mid thirties who maybe don't have the cult, the the, the backstone, the touchstone. Sorry, of being either a woman who has been the victim of stalking or Japanese. Mm, that's fine, but <laughs> the thing is, I don't see many Japanese people crying. No, now that's the, yes, it. Now it the, is, yes, exactly. It is, yes. it is nineteen to twenty-seven year old middle-class white folks. 
that are screaming a cultural appropriation I, at it. I, I know um, Jen Yamato, who is a, a, a film critic of some notes, has been very... And I think Justin Chang, who writes for Variety, um, they, they've been rather ticked off by the film. And, yeah, it, it's... The cynic in me always suggests that that's just hit-baiting, though, to be honest. I, uh... I, 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 I do. I, I think that it's it's become so such a thing now to, to, to scream at films. It, it just it feels a little bit like uh, Wes Anderson. And remember, I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I will come back to the movie in a second. I promise. I, Wes Anderson is reveling in his love of a culture. And then people are pointing a finger at it and saying it's wrong, and I just think that it's it, it it's weird. It, it, the, it's 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 wrapping people on the knuckles for 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 no reason. The thing is, I mean, like you, know, you go back to the Darjeeling Limited, which, which I talked about last week. Mm. That that film is obviously in love with Indian cinema and just kind of everything about the place. Um, and where it, 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 you know it's the locations, and it's like the, the, one of the characters. I think it was Owen Wilson at one point says he loves the way it smells there. It's kind of, kind of spicy. It's either him or, or Schwartzman. Uh, and but then with Isle of Dogs, it. I think I could understand how people could see it being on the surface. But I think if you then get that into your head, you're then not quite un- like taking in the fact that there is historical context in the background which is informing the story. Mm. But Absolutely. I, I do, I, I you know, that I I think it is fair if someone was to say Wes Anderson really fucking loves Japanese typography. I don't think you have an uh, you have an argument against that. No, you don't. You don't. But uh, my, my argument there would be so. No, 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 no. It just I, I, it's. <laughs> I I think a lot of people are shouting it, and a lot of people are probably quite unjustified in how virulently they're shouting it. But I do think that there are some people who do feel genuinely, personally offended by the film, like genuinely, and I. I'm not going to argue that point with them because it's a completely subjective thing. But I think think objectively that argument maybe doesn't hold as much weight as you would think looking at it on the surface. No, I would, well, I I would always go to the point of saying that if, if, if that is, is the case, then, then wow. You must be having a fucking great day. <laughs> yeah, I, I get offended about. Yeah, yeah, uh, anyway, getting on to my actual feelings of the actual film, folks. Yeah, um, I, 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 I have issues with it. They're very minor issues, but I have issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was quite charming. Uh, I thought it, it was the. Or personally, I found it to be the least indulgent in quirk. Um, of, of Wes Anderson's movies uh, recently, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it seemed to have more more balance to it um, than, than, than a lot of his recent sort of movies. And the, the bits that did strike out and did kind of like grate on me a little bit um, were when it introduced 
just just pointless moments where I went right uh, okay that that doesn't even make sense for the fucking story I don't know why that's happening that all right that's a bit weird um so does that I, I I would like to have spent more time with the the pack of dogs they kind of like roughly around halfway through the movie maybe two-thirds way through the movie uh it goes from being the, the, this pack of dogs to just being one dog yep and that I, I was enjoying being with them it wasn't that i didn't enjoy being just with that dog uh just with chief and uh atari it wasn't i didn't enjoy that but i was going i was really enjoying being with the, the all of them yeah i mean because the thing is as well there's kind of an interesting and you know, just when they kind of get separated, there's that thing where it's like, uh, who votes to kick Chief out of the, you know, and it's that that kind of like the Ed Norton one is kind of like there's a bit of a power shift in play there that they seemed to be getting into, yeah. and then that doesn't come up again. Um, I mean, because we don't really see them that much again after that, do no, we? No, really? I mean that, that's the thing. I mean, basically, you get what like one scene when they're in that um, that factory or whatever it is, where Jeff Goldblum's like, "Oh, did you hear?" Like, and again, did you hear the rumor about uh, uh, blah blah blah? You know, and then, and then that's about it from them. And yeah, they, they seem the, to be the rumor thing started to grate on me a little bit. I don't know. I, 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 I fully the first couple of times, but once it got to like five or six times it was a bit like when they when they even address it in the actual script <laughs> made me think yeah that's I just... the dogs <laughs> how's he heard about this rumor about this thing he's only just found out about <laughs> well yeah no i mean that's i, I thought that's quite funny I, I i did enjoy the running joke with the oracle as well i must say um are the um, her visions, visions that it's just because she can understand TV. Yeah, yeah, that was cracking. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a it was a nice little quirk uh, within that. But yeah, I, I, I had a, I had a good time with it. I thought it was um, it was it was as good as I hoped it would be. Um, and I always go into with Anderson movies going, I, I hope I'm going to really enjoy this because I liked all of the, the the trailers and all the marketing behind it. So I was going in wanting to really get on with it, uh, and I, I, I'm I'm glad I did. Like I say. There were a few bits. I didn't like the um, the uh, what was his name Tracy. Oh, the Greta Gerwig yeah. one. Greta Gerwig, yeah. That felt a little bit. Her character. That's the character. I think if people were going to pick at, they could pick at that character quite easy. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, white um, white, white American exchange yeah, student white, comes in and essentially helps save the, the day. day. Yeah, it, it, it is a little bit like that, including chewing out a noted scientist. <laughs> I, mean, I did, I did, I did like that. I, I, I thankfully Atari is uh, like he, he's empowered enough. He does enough in the narrative that he is the one. You know, out mm. out of the human characters, really. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Just the, the details. Like, I like the fact that the Kobayashi's were like cat lovers, but it's not like it's a massive cat versus dog conspiracy. Like the cats aren't no, leading the, cats, the way. It just the they like evolved. No, they yeah. just like cats. I, I, you know, ah, uh, and I gotta say as well, the score. I was a big like just the fucking drumming. I the needed score more of that great. drumming. 
didn't really enjoy that song that ran throughout it. That one I, that, that popped up a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the score is the score is great. Yeah, that's Desplar again, isn't it? I think. Um, yes, it was. I did Desplar again. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's fucking brilliant. <laughs> he is doing. He is. He's doing very good work mm. at the moment. Yeah, I, it, it just. I don't know. I mean, I, I know obviously there's some stuff about like authoritarianism and like silencing critics and. And whatnot, and like that whole kind of paranoia fueled stuff, which obviously isn't commenting on today. Um, it's kind of fucking weird that we have this film now, but hmm. you know, it was it it's been like on the go for like three four years, um, and I you know I thought so I thought there was stuff there. It just it feel it feels like a kids film for adults you know like i there was a mix of of kids and basically people like me they're on their own probably around the same age as me if not a bit maybe like in their 20s as opposed to 30s which was really really disconcerting to be honest um and i i didn't hear the kids get bored or anything like that but there weren't any particularly young ones there i mean lottie would last five minutes like it just like what does that say who's that What's that? Yeah, I'm bored. The, 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 yeah, the, 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 I, I think it's kids of a, I think it's kids of a certain age. I think you could maybe start oh, eleven, twelve, a push maybe. Yeah, I mean that, that that's yeah exactly, and that's not really kids. You know, that, no. that's like getting in in, in, in teenagers. Yeah, absolutely, sure, absolutely. Fantastic Mr. Fox, like I say, I don't think that's a kid's film, but I don't know. At least there's some, I, there's quite a lot of prat falling in that film. And well, I, I, I took Isabel to see that when I think she was about six, maybe? Yeah. Um, and she loved it. Yeah, th- th- there you go. But th- this, I mean, just the sheer amount of text on screen would be an issue for, for lots. Um, and, I mean, I, and just the fact that there are moments where they're speaking Japanese and there's actually no interpreter. Yeah, which was an, an, an interesting um, stylistic choice from from Wes Anderson. I can get the idea of where it came from. Uh, I quite liked it actually. I, I thought it was quite clever. I thought it was. It, it, it didn't. I, I was. I was worried that that might irk me a little bit, but it, it didn't at all, to be honest. No, 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 quite. I mean, you know, in the end of the day, the dogs kind of interpret what he's saying anyway, and it's not like they ever really get it wrong, so it's fine. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of a ballsy choice that. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I suppose there's not there's not too much to it. There's, there's not too much to it, no. There's enough, I, I, I but did, yeah, sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, I, I did think the the bit before the bit before they they start making the they, before they start their journey back to the the mainland and from when they um, they get separated mm. that. I think that went on for me a little bit too long. Yeah, so what have you got during that bit? It's um You've got the, the kid going up and down the slide. Uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the bath and all that. In the bath. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you've got the stuff going on with Tracy chewing out Yoko Ono. Mm. Oh no, that was a bit later on, wasn't it? And then I think it's in between that bit. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, and then and then um her the 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 Oh, I think I have a crush on you. 
that and then the later on bit where he's doing the what is it the very attractive girl i thought all that just felt a little bit don't need that it's a bit weird that well it's anderson if there's like younger people in it there's going to be a romance it, yeah that, but that's that's getting a bit weird now yeah it kind yeah slightly because mm, it it didn't need it doesn't need it at all it, it has nothing to do with the plot at all and, it, and i'll be honest it it really lifted me out of it <laughs> Yeah, I don't, it's one of his affectations. Um, mm, it, it's it's getting a little weird. I, I, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I don't know if if you're going to point at that. I think Moonrise Kingdom is probably the, the, exactly. the one to it, be it's going to. Exactly, it's off the back of Moonrise there. Kingdom and going forward. It is. It, it's just he needs to put that affectation in the background a fucking little bit now. Yeah. Um, I, okay. Fair comment. But yeah, I. I, I but yeah, I. I, I I'm pleasantly. I won't, I won't as far as say surprise to like the, the, the what is it, but I will say that I am actually surprised because I, I often quite like the the, the all the marketing behind Wes Anderson films, and then when I get there, the the Wes Andersonness of them just doesn't click with me, and it pushes all the wrong buttons. And in this, I I, I had a good time with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like I say, it's not the toppest of top tier Anderson for me, but I still think it's a really good time, and I you know I'm looking forward to owning it, and I. I I would like to think there'll be a 4K version. It's it's Fox, so hopefully that's slight tangent. I'm a little bit worried about the Fox Disney deal. Disney don't do 4K on iTunes. A little worried that's going to start applying to Fox films. Anyway, uh, but yeah, um, 4K on iTunes, yes please. And I look forward to watching it again. But I would say that Grand Budapest, Moonrise Kingdom. Um, Tannenbaums and Life Aquatic for me would still be above this. I still think Royal Tenenbaums is his best film. Uh, I'd have to think about that. I, 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 I think for me, for me, it's Royal Tenenbaums by by some distance, to be honest. But then I think Darjeeling like, Limited has its charms as well. Like I think the music in Darjeeling Limited and Hotel Chevalier is spot on even though but then again the, the whole hey jude stuff in royal tenenbaums is fucking amazing as well so anyway i yeah i really fucking like wes anderson like fuck you <laughs> uh, audience uh paul uh definitely not shit 86 percent sweet touching cloth zero percent yeah this is weird Shit, 0%, and Geostorm, 14%. How many votes? Uh, 12, I think. Who the fuck thought it was a Geostorm? (laughs) I don't know. But fair enough. Wow, all right. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I was a little bit like that. Um, Yeah, live your best life, fair enough. Breaking news. A star-studded event at the Level Hotel in Los Angeles has been taken over by armed gunmen. We now go to a live feed from the assailants and can confirm that one of the hostages is international pop star Shaggy. Yeah, uh... Don't kill Shaggy. I fucking love Shaggy. What? Don't kill Shaggy. It's happening. Say it wasn't me. Sing it, Shaggy. Honey came in and she caught me red-handed creeping with a girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on a bathroom floor. How do I forget that I have given her an extra key? So, moving on to our, our second feature review. Um, 
is of the Netflix original. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Netflix that that bought it or no, yeah, it was Netflix. Netflix made it. it wasn't like one that they bought. Um, the film Game Over Man, um, directed by Kyle Nowacek, uh, and stars Adam Devine, Andrus Holm, Blake Anderson. Neil McDonough, Daniel Stern, Rona Mitri, and a load of that comedy guy from that comedy thing, people. And Shaggy. Um, and Shaggy, yes, Shaggy is in it as well. Um, to give a little bit of story behind this, um, <laughs> me and um, Bex were watching, I can't remember what we watched the other night, but we, we started about seven o'clock and so we started we started watching um game over man for the simple reason is for some reason we got into our heads that we we're gonna watch two movies and uh game over man was something we were gonna watch whilst eating dinner um and so it's only sort of a hundred minutes long so i thought right there we go that, that that'll do i can we, we can eat dinner watch that and we don't eat watching tv quite uh, very often so thought it, it'll kind of like wash over and we can crack on with with, with that um and so i text said that i was i was watching it ian ian actually responded saying there is no amount of money you could give me to watch that movie oh, <laughs> or something so. along yeah, that was, those was, lines it, no you're right it was something along those lines you're quite right um and then i, I messaged him and to give away my my friends in the movie that it that it's not as bad as you could think it is, but I'm not saying it's good. And we're getting uh, reasons behind that. Um, and then Ian said, you know, a message me said, fuck it, I'm watching it. And so we decided to cover it for the for, for the show. Uh, next week, uh, we are going to cover Last Five Flying, which is the new Richard Linkletter movie that is available already on Amazon Prime. Um, but game over, man. So what have we got? Uh... Alex with three X's, uh, Joel and Darren are housekeepers at a hotel, uh, and they also are coming up with an idea for a video game called Nintendo Skin or something like that in it. Uh, Skin Tendo. Skin Tendo. That's it. Um, uh, they are told by the manager of the hotel, uh, Mitch, played by Daniel Stern, that uh, Bay Awadi, a, a Instagram billionaire, is going to be having a party at the hotel, and they decide to pitch to him their idea. As they are pitching to him, it becomes apparent that the hotel has been taken over in a diehard-style way uh, by terrorists, and they take it upon themselves to uh, fight off the terrorists, one reason to help the people and the other reason to get back their investment check of $250,000, which is in the pocket of Bayer Awadi's assistant. Uh, Ian, first off, have you, have you watched Workaholics? A uh, couple of episodes at some point. Didn't hate it. Right, because I, I, I got through about the first episode, didn't hate it, but didn't kind of convinced me to carry on watching it is what mm. i would say uh i might have got four or five episodes and loved it but i just don't have time sometimes for, for stuff and if it doesn't really get me in the first episode often i won't continue watching stuff be that right or be that wrong so ian um game over man what did you think so um I'd, 
having the cigarette smoking man from X Files play a security guard who, if I remember correctly, quite liked porno, was a fucking. He's doing yeah. something on his laptop, isn't he? But that was he's fucking, watching porn. Yeah, that was fucking weird. That was just real. No, like, he's not watching porn. He's having a sex call. Oh, he's that's right. This yeah. sex call. Like, it's the cigarette smoking man. Like, I don't know. That was fuck it. That was fuck. It. Like, that genuinely feels like the workaholics guys were just like, wouldn't it be funny if we had the cigarette smoking man from the X Files <laughs> in this? Just like fucking having a sex chat. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it just it fucking spun me out, I did. Um, I'm kind of where you are, to be honest. I It's not in any way a good film, nope. but I can't say I hated my time with it. Um, the central trio are the least funny thing about the film. Yeah. Um, like, Adam Devine is trying way too hard in this. Yeah, he he's turned up to eleven, um, and then it's like he, he he's drank a shitload of Rockstar whilst already turned up to eleven, and he's literally just running around, quite literally shaking his dick at things. Yeah, even though I will say the um, like when he's like, I've got a plan. He's like, I haven't done this in years, <laughs> and it's and then like that reveal. Um, that that was that was fuck, like that was fucking gold. Like, that was yeah. I, I, I like that was one of the best laughs I've had in a while. To be honest, it was like I just I I should have seen that coming and I didn't. Like just with like the way he kind of like cracks that belt. Yeah, the thing when he did that, I thought, oh no. He's not going to, is he? <laughs> it's just the fact that he's like, I haven't done this in years. And it, I just, it's fucking amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the fair play, he had me there, but he wasn't talking. Um, so there's that. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, there's just, there's individual bits in this film that I think make, like, make it worth a go. Because, it, you know, again, it's one of those, we've said it before as well, like, if this was five minutes longer... I wouldn't have been as comfortable with it. Like, yeah. It just about manages to stay interesting. And and particularly thanks to that fucking bonkers climax where they put the Skintendo like, <laughs> controller on the dead guy and then they're just <laughs> controlling a dead guy. That was unexpected. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the shaggy bit was... The shaggy bit was one of my favourite things I've seen in a comedy in quite some time as well. Just the way he gets... I don't kind of don't want to spoil it, but the way he gets into the song. Yeah, it's like he can't is, help himself. It's amazing. Yeah, it is, it, I think that's because it, he starts off singing the bit that isn't actually his bit to sing. Yeah. And then when he starts singing the actual shaggy bit, he starts getting into it. It's, yeah. The weird thing is, and that I, I, I think about it is... This film is funny when it's not actually trying to be funny. When it tries to be really funny, it tends to lose you a little bit. And it is, it's that thing where, whereby, um, I'm going to sound like such a fucking old man when I say this, but you're going to have to bear with me a, a second on it. In that, I think that there's a... It's a generation. It, it seems like comedy for a generation that grew up watching 
Family Guy and American Dad from a young age. In the sense that what Family Guy and American Dad have a habit of doing is, and I, I used to watch them and find them quite amusing. I, I, there's no way I could sit through an episode of Family Guy or American Dad now. Like, it'd drive me fucking insane. But what they have a habit of doing is telling a joke and then telling you it again and then telling you it again and telling you it again and, and, and still maintaining that it, 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 it's funny. And it's it's that it, it's the everything has to be going over, and it's why The Simpsons is no longer in in my eyes. I, I can no longer get on with The Simpsons because they tell you a joke, they tell you it again, and then they explain to you why it's funny. And it's like, do you know what? It won't funny the fucking first time. So, and it's a little bit like that in the sense that I think that my palette for comedy is just different to what to to who these guys are speaking to, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the sense that comedy is just not evolved, but it's a, it's a different form of comedy than what I'm used to, where everything has to be over the top. And it, to me, that's just a bit like, all right, fucking turn it down. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And there is there is a little bit of that, but occasionally, and it, none so more than the fact that um, the when the guy comes out, it's actually the reveal of him coming out is really, really funny. I really enjoyed that. Yep. It wasn't like laugh out loud, but it was a really funny moment. It's the fact that he's going, I need to say something to him. They're both looking at him and going, yeah, you're gay. You, you do this like, all the time when you're drunk. You've come out to us like loads of times. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it's, like, yeah. That was amusing. But then the fact that they make him go over the top gay for the rest of the movie was a little bit like, oh, right. You, you've kind of destroyed it a little bit now. Sure. You, you, you've made it... You've made it a little bit cheap and weird now, and a little bit reductive. It's like it was funny the fact that he's just he just happens to be gay, and they just don't give a shit. But then he just then goes minute, full blown. Yeah. yeah, the minute he comes out, it's like he's trying to fuck everything. His hair is is all straight, and he's wearing like tight shorts. It's just a little bit like, really, really, aren't we done that already? Sure. Uh, but yeah, but it was. But then you've got fucking um, Daniel Stern walking around holding his dick. Yes, <laughs> which is again just weird. <laughs> it's just there's some odd moments in this movie. I am not. I am not surprised that that no studio. Fuck it. Is. Twelve million dollars, whatever it fucking probably cost. <laughs> no, I mean that, that, that. This is a film that ten years ago would have, would have probably got a theatrical release. Now it's no way in fucking hell does this get a theatrical release. Just no way. Yeah. But it's it it's it's fun enough. It, it killed yeah. time watching it on a. I think you watched it on the Saturday and I watched it on the Friday or did I watch it on the Thursday and you watched it on the I watched it on Friday Friday yeah yes yeah, so I watched it on the Thursday yeah so yes yeah, so it, it, it killed time doing it then I, 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 I didn't hate my time with it there's some amusing moments in it yep. what I would say is there's also a lot of male nudity yeah there's, yeah there's a lot of dick yeah yeah and we are we are people who don't complain about them in too much we complain about a lack of wang in cinema yep. but it's just I don't need to see Adam Devine's wang that much. No, I mean, that's the thing. They're not very attractive wangs. 
Like that's no. the thing. If I want Wang, like I bet Army Hammer has like a really, really good looking dick. It's I like, bet he has a good looking cock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, like you want you want the good looking dicks if you're going to have the dicks. And I've got no problem with the dicks, but I want good looking dks Yes. Yeah. Uh, what I also will say is the um, Chris Pontius <laughs> um, appearance yeah. in the death of Steve-O Yeah. <laughs> Was was uh, was was funny. Just the fact, yeah, just the fact that Steve O and Chris Pontius were uh, in this. <laughs> it, it just it's you know tangent. Actually, I forgot to talk about this trailer. Did you see the trailer for Action Point? I have not. No. Well, apparently, I, I... it's a prequel to Bad Grandpa. <laughs> Joy Knoxville literally is just. It's just he's making movies that nobody's asking people to make, but just going. Literally just going, look at this, look at this. And I was going, oh, we didn't, we didn't need that. And he's going, you know what, you know, aren't you? No, you are, though, aren't you? Oh, fuck yeah, I am gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch on a. Fu- I'm gonna watch that on a fucking Tuesday, aren't I? You prick. I'm gonna go, like that's one where I think I'm just gonna go and see it after like a hard week's work or something and just laugh. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, you're gonna, you know, you're just gonna laugh at it. Right, just why not? It's Knoxville and all is lot. Doing fucking stunts on an old fairground, basically, and but but there's going to be some sort of story tangentially attached to the side of it. Like, yeah. fine, why not? Yeah, it's yeah, fuck it. I'll I'll, I'll go and see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, watch the fuck out of it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's a, it's a game over, man. I think we're probably done on that because there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, there's yeah. not a lot fucking happens. But yeah, it's. Not as shit as it probably should be, but nowhere near good. Well, here we go. Where are you on it? I'm, I'm Geostorm. It's a full so Geostorm. So am I. Right. It's a Geostorm. Audience view. Definitely not shit. 30%. Okay, fair enough. Touching cloth. Yeah. 30%. Okay. Shit. Yeah. 30%. Yeah. Geostorm, 10%. Well, that's a fucking split, isn't it? Bloody hell. I, well, do you know what? Fair play. Is Game Over Fair Man the most it. divisive film we've yet had a poll on? I think it might be, yeah. How many votes? That's off ten votes. Right, okay. So three, 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 and one. Wow, fair enough. Fuck it. Do you know what? Fair enough. And I, I, For those people who, who, who were definitely not shit on that, Good yes, on you. Good on I'm you. Good on you. Good on you. I'm glad that you... That, that, Look, clearly, this movie was made for you guys because comedy and stuff like that should be made for each individual set, is what I would say. Mm. Um, have you got any what you've been watching? Or I've got one. Not? One, right, cool. I'll let you do your one what you've been watching. I'll do my one and then we'll get into our um, our lists. Nice. Um, so I forgot to talk about this last week somehow. Um, oh, I, under, I think I know what you're about to say. Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Um, I've never seen it before. I I, I only watched the, the first Under Siege maybe like last year or the year before, um, and it was it's on Netflix and uh, it was a treadmill watch. Watched the entire thing on a treadmill last Monday, I think it was. Um, and I don't very young th- Morris Chestnut, indeed, indeed, and a very young Catherine Heigl. Heigl, yes. Um, I'm fairly sure Steven Seagal doesn't even get hit once in the entire film. 
I would say that that's, that's probably quite accurate, yeah. Like, literally, he dodges everything. The fight that he has with Everett McGill at the end, where Everett McGill just increasingly wants to kill the fuck out of Steven Seagal, it's like, it's a whitewash. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's not a challenge at all. Um, but literally, he just seems to bat off every single fucking, like, hit through the entire film. There's not, he, no, no blood. His ponytail doesn't seem to move. Um, it, it's, it's extraordinary. Um, the bad guy in it, who's like Ross from Friends if he went down a dark path, <laughs> is just really, what, sorry, what's, what's that noise? What noise? Okay, that was... Right, people on the, on the podcast, just back me up on the noise that was in the background for like the last 20, 30 seconds there. Anyway, back me up on Twitter. That was weird. Um, <laughs> it was like you were doing something really close to the microphone. Anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> Ross from Friends is the bad guy. He was fucking bizarre. Um, well, like psycho Ross from Friends. Even though Ross in Friends is quite mad in manic in like some seasons. Anyway. Yes. Was it, it, it was uh, Eric uh, Bogsian, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Um, which, is, you know, they're trying to do that thing of having the slightly quirky villain like they had with Tommy Lee Jones in Under, in, in, in Under Siege, but that's only when that character is, like, playing the rock star role. It's like the yeah. quirk is up. As soon as he's Tommy Lee Jones, he's Tommy Lee Jones. There's a little bit there, but Eric Boxagian, throughout the whole thing, is just, like, angry nerd. Yeah. And it's it, very odd. Um, I will give it points, however, for one of the best one-liners, like maybe the most underrated one-liner of just how shitty and brilliant it is. There is a moment where uh, they use a woman in a in in a bar, like uh, in a toilet as a distraction, and it's like, what's going? Like, bad guys, like, what's going on in there? What's going on in there? And, like, he's in there with the woman. The woman opens the door, like, and just says, like, my bra broke. And then Steven Seagal kills the bad guy and then goes, tits to die for. Which, (laughs) I'm a massive fan of that. I'm a massive fan of that. Um, So, yeah, Under Siege 2. Steven Seagal looks like he wants to fuck his niece through... Like, pretty much every scene they're in. He does, doesn't he? Um, which is really weird. Um, and, yeah. It's not good, but it's got tits to die for. So, <laughs> I can't I can't say I hated it. Got me, It got me through most of a run. So, <laughs> that's, that's fine, yeah. You know, yeah. Under Siege 2, there you go. I'll never, ever watch the Under Siege films again. I have no desire. Like, I haven't watched a lot of Seagal. I've got no fucking desire to go through the catalogue, frankly. You don't need to. No, I, I get that impression. Um, it's just, it's like... He's like... What, what do I need to have a character? I know, I'll be a chef. And so, (laughs) and it's like at the start, they're like he's in his restaurant. He seems to sometimes work in. God knows what the connection is there. And it's like everyone comes here for you, Casey. It's like why? 
Yeah, that 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 was a that's a really weird line. There. I remember that. It's like, well, not for his fucking. Well, I don't know for his one-liners. Maybe I mean, if he if he pulls them out like tits to die for, then you know, maybe I see the point there. And he has recipes on his palm pilot as well. I was a fan of that. It's like they they find his palm pilot. Pilot. It's like, oh, what's on this? And it's like oh, that's a load of recipes. Doesn't he make a cake when he first gets on the what is it? Yeah, yeah, he's in the fucking kitchen. <laughs> and they're all just stood around him. I remember that bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, and he's like... Uh, yeah, and he's like, right, let's give this to whatever her name is. Uh, it's just it's like, what the fuck? Why are you in the in the train kitchen? It, it's, a, it's like, is he like a celebrity chef in this world? I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, no, it's fucking... Like, it's Steven Seagal's ego. Where it's yeah. so big, it's like... These trained chefs will respect me and I will not be hit once. It's like that yep. was his contract. <laughs> but it just. Yeah. I get to keep all the food I make. Yeah, straight up. I mean, fucking hell. It's shit, but I, 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 I would be lying if I said I hated it. That's fair enough. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I can say that about about half the film, the shitty films I watch. Yeah, no, quite. Yeah, there's nothing to get angry about with it. Tits to die for. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good line. That I I I, I'm, I I think I'm probably more taken with it than most. Just the way he delivers it as well. This almost like <laughs> fucking monosyllabic fucking like you, you this character you did not think of that line. Yeah. Like, if Schwarzenegger came out with it, fine. If Stallone came out with it, fine. Steven Seagal, I'm not buying it. Yeah. No, he's, he, he, he's not... He's just not... He's not that type of guy, is no, he? No, he's not. Anyway, Under Siege 2. Cool. Um, the other one I've got is actually, weirdly, another Netflix original movie. Okay. Um, this one is... This, this, this one is 78 minutes long. Oh, shit, yeah, okay, yes, I know what you're talking about now, yeah. Uh, the film is Happy Anniversary, mm. uh, which is written and directed by uh, Jared Stern, the guy who wrote the Lego Batman movie and Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Um, Neighbourhood Watch, remember that one, that film with Jonah Hill, Vince Vaughn and Richard I think. Ayadi was in it. Yeah, he's yeah. the only one. He? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's right. Weird one, that one. Yeah. So that's, that's that's a movie that nobody has watched since 2011. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, so it's written directed by him, uh, and it stars um, Norwell's of. She's been in a few things. People will probably know up most for. Um, oh fucking! Hell, what's this show called now? Shit. You know, your brain does like a complete loses itself. Uh, Master of None, uh, she plays his oh, girlfriend okay. in, in that. Uh, and Ben Schwartz of Parks and Recreation and, and other things. Uh, anything I've seen, I've found him quite amusing, in, to be honest. Uh, so the story is uh, they play uh, Molly and Sam, a couple who are just about to celebrate their third uh, anniversary. In fact, it is starts the eve of their third anniversary and everything seems fine they seem happy together etc um and sam gets up on the morning and presents uh, molly with a with breakfast in bed uh, and it seems to be all this very nice gesture and then the he kind of makes a move to instigate some nice morning sex uh, and then as that's about to happen she proclaims that she's not happy in the relationship 
Uh, and then the rest of the film is kind of a combination of flashbacks to sort of key points within their relationship and uh, moving through this day of their third anniversary and whether or not they are happy in their relationship or not. Uh, Molly's character is spending the day taking her father uh, for chemotherapy. He's played by um, Joe Pantolano, um, who for some reason is playing it as Italian and speaks virtually no English. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes sense in a way in the context of the film, but also at the same time makes fucking zero sense mm. as well. So yeah, so that happens. Um and Ben Schwartz's character, uh, Sam, he's got a big meeting. He works for a... I think... I'm pretty sure he. it's mentioned in the, in the film that he designs um, deodorant uh, labels. <laughs> but also as well, he has with his um, friend... He also designs, uh, does T-shirt designs, and they are pitching that day to a big e-seller. Um, and so he's got that going on and also got all this stuff going on with, with the breakdown of his relationship, etc. Um, so there's not actually that much that goes on in the story. And I won't, don't want to give too much away because it only dropped on Netflix a couple of days ago and it's not our feature review. So I know we are all spoilers all the time, but... Nice. Kind of try not to with the, the what we've been watching, don't we? So, if it's brand yeah. new, if it's something that's 20 years old, it's yeah. fuck you, you've had 20 years yeah, to watch it. Yeah. If it's something that came out literally two days ago, then, you know. Uh, but it, it's... If you have a um, an affection for, for, for rom-coms um, that aren't necessarily... that have more leanings towards When Harry Met Sally than... Um, I don't know, something like my super ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or whichever one that was, or PS I Love You and shit like that. If you've got more leanings towards that, you'll actually probably get on with this quite well. It's 78 minutes. Um, both the leads are quite charming, but also have their quirks that you'd find. What is it? Uh, when they're being quite nasty to each other, they are actually being really fucking quite nasty, and when they're being quite adorable with each other, they're actually being quite adorable and it's mm. quite... they're both they're both very good comedic actors as well uh, in terms of their line deliveries uh, within it. Uh, ben Schwartz, especially uh, Norwells, does a, a, a great line in just being quite adorable throughout it whilst also, as well, you can see why both of them are having problems, is what I'd say. But yeah, it's it's a it's it's a very strong recommend. Okay, I'm not cool. gonna lie. Part of that is if it would have been, it could have been quite easy to I think to stretch this movie to being a hundred minutes quite easily. Uh, but mm. it's it's having I think the confidence to tell your story in that amount of time and go. Do you know what? No, I've got it. I've got easy enough laughs to make it a comedy, but I've got easy enough sort of drama to make it a a rom com. I'm fucking cool with that. Sweet. So yeah, it, it, I, I'd, I'd say it's, it's a good recommend. Yeah, nice. Um, right. So, uh, oh, upset. Becky's just Becky's just messaged me, asked me if it's okay for it to cut the carrots in half to do the carrots. Yeah, that's no problem. Nice. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, uh, yes. So, Ian. Right. How are we going to do this? Um, 
So you've got, you've got, you we have top fives, but you've actually got eighteen, haven't you? Yeah, and so I've got sixteen. Let's let's just run through the eighteen to six and the sixteen to six. Let me just go. Let me just make sure I'm blocking off for my five. There we go. Yes, go on then. Okay. Eighteen, the killing of a sacred deer. Seventeen, pop star, never stop, never stopping. I thought I might have been higher than yours. Yeah, I was, I was tempted, but. It's not exactly a film of substance. I, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I was tempted. It just, yeah, no, not, nah. It just, it's a very, very watchable film. But would I say it? it, it I, I don't know. Well, yeah. What before we continue on that, just very quickly. Uh, what I think is really interesting on this is the easy thing would have been to do would have just been to have picked our one to five of our best. number one of each year or ones and twos of each year but you've kind of got you know you've got these five and a half years of rewatching it it's sitting with you so i think things are going to have moved around a little bit which i think is really quite interesting yes that's an excellent point that yeah um okay so 16 hostiles um 15 beasts of the southern wild um 14 steve jobs 13, Stoker. Uh, 12, Ladybird. 11, Whiplash. Uh, 10, The Great Beauty. 9, uh, actually, I mentioned earlier in the show, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, 8, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road. 7, The Place Beyond the Pines. And 6, Before Midnight. Very good. Yeah. Right. Uh, mine are, um, so 16, I think it's 16, yeah. And what I will say is I forgot my Max. (laughs) Shit, okay. So that would have probably been, it would be 17, I'll put Mad Max where it would be. So Whiplash, uh, 17. Mm -hmm. 16, The Guest. That's a good shout, yeah. 15, The Hateful Eight. Mm -hmm. 14, The Nice Guys. Mm Mm-hmm. 13 would be Mad Max. Okay. Uh, 12, La La Land. 11, Place Beyond the Pines. Nice. 10, uh, The Lost City of Z. Wow. 9, Nocturnal Animals. Mm-hmm. 8, Hella High Water. Mm-hmm. 7, uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Nice. 6, Wind River. Okay. And... Six part two because I can't count. <laughs> it's Django and Jim. Right, you definitely got five though, yeah. <laughs> I definitely got All five. Right. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> nice. Right, go on then. Give me your number five. <laughs> okay, so my number five gotta gotta represent for my boy Tom Ford, Nocturnal Animals. You know, it was in yours as well. Um. I still need to rewatch Nocturnal Animals, but I need to be in that place. Yes, I can. I can absolutely see what you mean. It, it, it is that type of. Um, it's that type of film. That film is a fucking sledgehammer. Like yeah, it re- like from the start with the the overweight naked ladies. Um, the the whole almost like short film of the. Like the car ride and the ambush and the killings, 
like which is like it, it just essentially an anxiety dream made reality yeah um, that that it, just extraordinary bit of filmmaking that is i think um and then just the 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 weird pitch black comedy shit that michael shannon is up to at moments and you know aaron taylor johnson on the outside toilet um yeah the fact the fact that he looks at the toilet paper after he wipes his fucking ass yeah oh yeah um but then like one of the best jump scares i've ever seen um like the um like the uh, oh god, is it like a the baby monitor or what the fuck is it? Yeah, I think it is a baby monitor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, amazing. Um, like I just it's, it's an the, app, it, isn't it? It's a baby monitor app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's watching like it's on her phone and yeah. like just the image of the face uh, mm. is like fucking amazing. And that that film's got levels and. I don't, and yet I don't. It, it's Tom Ford just working in genre, but like this really high class, rich kind of yeah, rich classy. Just like he's been making films for fucking decades. Yeah, and it's his second it's his fucking second movie, fucking and it's film. not even his job. No, I mean that's. But I mean, like he. I mean, he has. Like he makes very very clear in interviews how much. Like basically, films are the love of his life next to fashion. Like mm. they're they're pretty on a par, and he wants. And I, I, I think he's he's he said, hasn't he, that he 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 spent an awful. He, he, I think I read him saying that he, he racked up something like two hundred hours some on set with various different directors. Yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, it's like I'll shut up. I'll chuck you guys some clothing, let me hang around on set. You know, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much all these... I, I, I'm sure it's more complicated than that, but... Um, or maybe it's not. Um, it's probably, it's probably it's not. It's probably not, because he's Tom Ford. Here, he, he David Fincher, have, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, like, just basically, take what you want out of my collection for, like, the next five years, fuck it, um, and let me just sort of sit around while you make... Um, I think it was... Um, Girl the Dragon Tattoo. That would make sense. Um, and to be fair, I think Nocturnal Animals does feel very much like something Fincher would do. It does, absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's very, very in that vein. Um, I think it, I, I think it's a criminally underrated film. Um, and I really, really want Tom Ford to make more films very, very badly. I think he definitely will. I yeah, I think he will as well. Like that, but the, he's a busy fucking dude, though. Like he's always in. He's always in demand. You know that that like just on his day, like because his day job, he's one of the foremost designers in the world. Mm. You know, and I yeah, I don't know. Like I. I, I joined this fucking the mailing list for his website just because like every fucking weekday I get some really nice looking shit in my inbox. <laughs> it's like I'd never be able to afford to buy it off him directly, but you know, yeah, I get some good. Ah, oh, by the way, tried out another fragrance. Oh, what? Old wood. 
O-U-D Wood. Oh, oh yeah. Inter- it's interesting because Donna at first was like, it's okay, it's a bit smoky, a bit of patchouli in there, it's okay. And yesterday she was like, I like that smell so much. I was like, you know, they do. he does a candle of it. And she was like, what? And she immediately got online and was looking at how much the candle was. I bet it's about 200 quid. Uh, actually, the small one's about 65 um, small one, but it does smell nice. But I only got like a two mil because what I've been doing is on eBay. You can buy like people who like fucking basically pour the actual stuff into tiny little bottles and just sell it on. <laughs> like it's amazing. It's how I like so like the Noir Extreme. I first tried. Actually, no, I lie. I got it in Boots, and I got some in the the sample spray thing because I didn't quite have the money to buy a big bottle but and then i bought a big bottle um but then the neroli portofino which is fucking it smells like you're in italy by the sea <laughs> it is fucking amazing i bought I, I bought a little atomizer of that and i bought a little atomizer of old wood and i'm just gonna keep on doing it i'm gonna have a little fucking you know, a little collection of atomizers of Tom Ford fragrance, and every so often I'll buy a big bottle. You know, it's a good system, mate. Fucking smelling good is awesome. Yeah, like no lie, like it just it fucking it just makes you feel better. Anyway, nocturnal, nocturnal animals is my number five. Well, my number five uh, is weirdly <laughs> is uh, David Fincher's Gone Girl. You like you some crazy Rosamund Pike. I I do, yeah. I really fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it literally is one of the... It is, you know... Yeah. Ben Affleck's good in it. It's got Tyler Perry just literally laughing at Ben Affleck yeah. throughout the entire thing, yeah. which is gold. Yeah. It's Fincher, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's also got Rosamund Pike being fucking unhinged um and it's one of those films where the more and more i watch it the more and more i fall in love with it and but when i say fall in love with it the more and more i fall in love with just her fucking outright <laughs> fucking sociopathicness where oh, literally literally the moment where he where he pushes her against the wall near the end of it and calls her a cunt and she just turns around and says yeah but i'm the cunt you fucking love i just look at it and go yep in some fucking weird batshit way, she's like my perfect woman. That's <laughs> 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 great. It, it is. It just, you just look at her and go, yep, she's perfect. You don't know what she's going to do. You don't know if you're going to come home and she's going to fucking bait an amazing fucking set of fucking cookies and you go, these are fantastic. Or you're going to come home and she's going to have set up an entire fucking Tinder profile for you. And there's going to be a terrified 18-year-old girl sat there. And she's going to basically accuse you of having an affair. And you're thinking, I, what? Yeah. I literally just went out to buy croissants. What the fuck is going on? And yeah. she's just going to be... And then as she's doing it and this girl is terrified, she's going to wink at you. and going to be like, this is going to be amazing. I don't know where this is going, but it's going to be amazing. I don't know if I'm going to threesome or if I'm going to have to bury that girl, but it's going to be fucking great. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's amazing. Go on, girl. Good, good for you. Oh, hello, Lots. You all right, babe? You got something in your hand? What have you got? For me? What is it? 
Okay. I have been handed a mini envelope by Lottie. Oh, what's it say? Assemble it. Um, well, it says Happy Father's Day. <laughs> nah. Because you had a father on it, I just gave it to you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, baby. Yeah, because it's almost Father's Day. Yeah, a couple months early, but yeah, that you're right. Yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, so I'm going to do it early. Okay, well, thank you, baby. That's really, really nice of you. I was tiptoeing up the stairs. Yeah, I didn't hear you. I only heard you when you were um when you were just outside. You were like a ninja. When you were just out, sorry, Mike. When you when we're just when you were just out there, I heard you creeping. I heard you just then, but I didn't hear you going up the stairs. It was very good. You were very quiet. Okay, baby. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Love you. Right. See you, if, if I'm up when, when you're done doing that, I'll see you, I'll see you then. Okay, baby. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, number four, Ian. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, uh, right, okay, so my number four is uh, my top film of last year, A Ghost Story. Um, that film has shit to say. It has levels. I love it. Um, I spoke, you know, I spoke about it at length on the end of the year show and it wasn't that long ago. So, you know, um, refer back to that, but it's, um, I, uh, I am re- I remain very, very taken with that film. Um, and yeah, yeah, it, 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 it speaks to me. Um, yeah, cool. uh, I still need to watch that. I've, I've been meaning to watch it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, you, it, I mean that's the thing. We'll probably have another conversation about it soon if that's the case. But um, yeah, I would watch it very soon. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, your number f- four. Four. four? Yeah, my number four yeah. Uh, is Inherent Vice. Um, yeah, I was Thomas wondering Anderson. how high that was going to be. Yeah, it, it got in. At, got in at number four. Um, okay. It, it's it's brilliant. It's it's. It's Paul Thomas Anderson having a lot of fun post The Master, which seems to be quite heavy and quite a, a weighty film and a film that had stuff to say and quite a, a, a serious film. Um, and then this is is Paul Thomas Anderson. And I think with the weird thing with, with The Master, it, that off the back of There Will Be Blood, uh, it kind of felt like they were Paul Thomas Anderson movies. But then when you actually go back to it, this is more a Paul Thomas Anderson movie in the sense that this is more closely related to his first couple of movies uh, it, 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 than, than those two movies that sat in there. And then you've got, you know, you've got uh, Phantom Thread is closer to, to those two than it is to Inherent Vice and Boogie Nights and Magnolia mm. and things like that. So it's quite a... He's, he, he still remains a very interesting um, director. Um, but yeah, Inherent Vice is it's just a brilliant black, black comedy. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, uh, number three, Ian. Yeah, I like that. I like that film more every time I see it. Um, yeah, uh, my number three again. Kind of spoke about it only a, a few weeks back, but uh, The Shape of Water. Um, 
you know, I mean, this, this is where I'm at with it at the moment. I, you know, like you said earlier on, that like kind of rewatching things and sitting with it, it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, yeah. But again, it could go up or it could go down. Yeah, quite. But this does feel like Del Toro just hitting, like, kind of like the perfect balance of his kind of like at times more mainstream tendencies even though he doesn't have a lot of them but also he's kind of his weird stuff but it's this you know this kind of classical love story with a fish man as as i you know the tagline for this film should be you will believe a fish man can fuck um I, i i i maintain that um and it's funny, it's charming, it looks like they spent more than the money they spent on it easily by double. It really does, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, $19 million budget is fucking mental for this film. Well, even then when you said $19 million, I was still thinking, in my head I was going, it's crazy that that film cost $40 million. And when you said 19 I was like, no, you're right, it was even even that, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, just, just incredible. Um, again, Alexandre Desplat, lovely score. Uh, it, it looks great. Um, yeah, you know it. It just the, the weirdness of Michael Shannon's character again. again Michael Shannon uh, mentioning him again. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 fant- it's fantastic. I am a little bit worried on rewatch that the Octavia Spencer character might be a little bit more of a problem for me. But. I, I don't I genuinely don't know. I, I will see where I land with it, but at the moment I don't care. Yeah. You're number Good. three. My number three is uh, a film actually weirdly that I actually watched this weekend. Oh um, wow. okay. Uh rewatched and I've rewatched it a few times um since it actually came out. King uh, Arthur Legend of the Sword. It's not that no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh it's Interstellar. Okay. A film that um, for me just gets gets better and better every time I I, I watch it. Um, from the the frankly magnificent um, cinematography uh, from Hoyt Van Hoyten, uh, it's, it's 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 also as well. It's Nolan's first movie where he hasn't worked with Wally Fister, so it was kind of like it was always going to be interesting to see what happened there because they had a very strong dynamic and a very strong look, and uh, and then when you've got those kind of partnerships that, that kind of develop between filmmaker and cinematographer and they're as close uh, as Nolan and, and Wally Fisto were, um, it, it can sort of be interesting of, right, well, how is it going to... Because I, I do think that, for instance, um, since What's-The-Name stopped um, Tragic Died and isn't editing Tarantino's movies, they have a different feel to them now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that there's partnership there. Uh, and I think that Hans's cinematography is fantastic. I think Hans Zimmer's score is probably one of his best in my opinion um but yeah i just think the whole the whole sort of production is is just quite something and it is one of those films that i i fall for more and more uh, each time i watch it it yeah. really is and it's one of those if you and i think i said it at the time one of you at the time if you're on board with it and you go on board with it the places that it takes you are fantastic if you're not and it loses you i can completely see why it doesn't with me yeah i like just there is there is the thing about that film for me it just and that's that's great i think it is a fucking tremendous film i think that the just the matt damon section just fucking 
Uh, it just... Uh, why do you have to do that? I understand we need a bit more peril and maybe a bit more traditional blockbustery kind of more actiony stuff in this film but ah fuck you were nearly there but i still think it's fucking amazing um yeah it just it the emotional highs of the bit where he is driving off and it's like her like her crying and the rocket taking off mm. and and also just the him watching those fucking videos like once he's got back from the from the first planet like yeah. fuck man that shit is like uh the, the that is the, the rawest emotional stuff i think nolan will ever ever do it's the most it's the rawest emotional stuff i think most filmmakers would ever do but for a filmmaker who was compared to kubrick in his coldness it, 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 i've it, never understood no which you know i don't really get either you have that. You then have that sequence in Interstellar, where it is just like he's got he's got twenty he's got twenty three years worth of messages to go through when he goes through becoming a granddad and then finding out his his, his first grandchild died. His grandkid and then, died, and the, the and and just not seeing why the fuck can't I think of her name? Murph. Murph. Fuck Murph. Of course. Not seeing her, and, and you know, and just the Jessica Chastain at the end, and just like the him clocking that she's turned into her, it like it just and the, the, it's all so compressed, and it's like the accelerated pro like grief that he has to display on his fucking face, and yeah. he pulls it off. It, I think part Christ. part of that is is also as well the fact that. He thinks he's being comforting to her just before he leaves by saying, you know, the, you know, I might, um, I, I might, you know, we might be the same age. Can you imagine that? And then he realizes, oh fuck, what have I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it fucking comes true. It, it heightens all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, go on then, bud. What's your oh, number two? Fuck, man. Uh, so yeah, my number two, uh, La La Land. Um, I've not had an experience like that in the the cinema in you know a a, a good long while as i as i did with la la land um it's this fucking cinematic visionary i mean when they like people are saying about visionary directors and shit yeah chazelle with la la land you you know it's kind of this original musical kind of thing romantic comedy drama which also has one of the most fucking melancholy endings you will ever see which is versed in the history of cinema but is also doing its own thing and is of now as well and it's just this hopeful thing that maybe doesn't have a lot to say under the surface, but not every fucking film has to. Not every film has to be, it has to say something. You know, some films can just be about entertaining and making you sad and making you laugh and just taking you on a journey with these characters for a couple of hours and then being out. And Chazelle knocks that shit out of the park and... 
What was it his third fucking film? Because you yeah. had, um, uh, which I haven't seen, uh, such and such and such and such sitting, sitting on a park bench, I want to say. Yeah. A guy in Maddie sitting on a park bench, I think it's called, or something like that. Um, and yeah, La La Land. Um, I'm almost terrified about seeing it again. Yeah, <laughs> I can see you fight on that, yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's quite a scary thing, thinking about, I'm going to have to watch that film again, and fuck, is it going to have, am I going to have that reaction? I'm waiting for it to be on 4K and iTunes, because it's on 4K disc, but not 4K iTunes, which is, it's Lionsgate. Lionsgate fucking do this. It's really annoying. It's like we were saying on WhatsApp yesterday about Valerian. It's on Netflix. If it was in 4K on iTunes, I'd have bought it by now. You can get the disc. But you can't get the what is it? Can't get it on iTunes. It's like Lionsgate and Disney. Just fucking, just fucking put me out of my fucking misery and do it so I don't actually have to have the occasional thought that I need a 4K Blu-ray player. Please. <laughs> um, number two. My number two, uh, a game like yours, it, it, it was it was my number one of, of last year. Uh, it's Hostiles. Yeah, um, fair enough. And my second entry from Rosemont Pike. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not a surprise. Yep, uh, it's fantastic. I think it is a proper American classic. Um, I cannot understand why more people don't talk about it. Um, that, because I think people fu- did see it. That fucker is going to be reevaluated, mate. That like that, straight yes. up, it is. It, it is. Uh, it is. It's quite simply. It, 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 it's it's magnificent. Uh, it is. I don't use this phrase a lot, but it is a fucking stone cold masterpiece for me. Yep, fair. I can see that. Uh, Go on then, what's your number one? You got any idea? No. But when you say it, I'm going to go, oh, fucking hell. Okay. Inside Lewin Davis. Ah, good on you. I fucking love Inside Lewin Davis. I watched it again a short time ago. And I fucking love Inside Lewin Davis. It's this beautifully shot, beautifully performed, mad little odyssey of a film about a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah, you're right on that. And, you know, it just, by the end of the film, he's not learnt a fucking thing. It's just, it's an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes or so in the life of this guy who is just floating through the world and is lost, but isn't even particularly sad about it. He's just living his life. And, you know, there's shit in his, um, there's shit in his basement, as Rocky Balboa once said, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it's not all over him. And again, it's a film which, you know, is about something in terms of character. Just a beautifully realised character. Like, you just want to fucking punch him in the face half the time. But then the other half of the time, it's kind of like, he's, he's quite relatable. And he has, he has his moments where he's actually legitimately charming. Yeah. Um, And I, it just... 
It's getting up there to being my favourite Coens, and not in a fucking dickhead. Well, my favourite Coen Brothers film is the one that people don't talk about. You know, like yeah. Well, well, to be honest, if someone like came out and said the man who wasn't there was their favourite Coens, I'd be a bit like, really? You know, you know. So, or the Lady Killers, maybe not that far, but. No, I don't think anyone would say the Lady Killers is their favourite Coen Brothers film unless it was the only Coen Brothers film they ever saw. But um, even then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it just it makes me laugh. I really like the music. Um, the, the, it just it's gorgeous. Um, it's in in kind of in moments it's actually a bit unsettling. The whole kind of John Goodman. Um, Garrett Headland section just oh god yeah you it, forgot about that bit it's just this weird lost voyage for 20 minutes or so that I it just creeps me out a bit um, and just it's a guy who has fucked shit up in his life and he doesn't really learn any life lessons and you know what And in the end Bob Dylan's going to come in and he's even going to fucking kill the music you're playing <laughs> yeah I need to rewatch that. Inside Lewin Davis, man, is f- oh, fucking brilliant. Yep. I am very intrigued. Oh, it should be obvious. Because I was thinking, I, say- I thought Inherent Vice. The minute I say it, you're going to go, ah, oh, fucking love cars. Spoke about it last week, so I'm not going to talk about it very long. Fuck! What is it? Fuck! Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, of course it's... Ah, shit! Yep. Of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. No, but of course it is. Not in a fucking, like, oh, that's so obvious. Just, yeah, you fucking love Wolf of Wall Street, and it's brilliant. Yep. And, and, like, like, what's really interesting is this is also about an arsehole who fucks things up for himself. That's true. Yeah, in just a completely different way. That's true. In the sense that yours is an everyday arsehole, mine is like a fucking apocalyptic arsehole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I fucking love Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and I'm going to have to get us to speed round through our um, least favourite because I've got to go and finish making dinner in a minute. <laughs> oh, shit, really? All right, um, let's just fucking yeah. bang through then. Go on then, your, your worst. Okay. I mean, I'm very intrigued about these. Shit, all right. So, um, right, 17, Godzilla. Fucking yep. uh, sixteen, the host, that Zersha Ronan one. That, oh yes, yeah, that from the the woman who writes what wrote Twilight, if I remember correctly, and it was just it was indeed yeah. Awful. Fifteen, I don't think you'll agree with this. The family, um, oh the the, um, the De, Niro. De Niro one. I, I I didn't I didn't hear it. Is what I'd say. Yeah, fourteen, the Mortal Instruments colon City of Bones. That's how you kill a franchise. Don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. single film. 13, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie. <laughs> Hopefully, now he's over his health thing, he'll kind of realise he actually needs to make good stuff. 12, the remake of Patrick. That film's fucking awful. 11, Gaspar Noé's Love, because no. Yep, Ten, good shout that. Yeah. 10, David Brent, Life on the Road. No, no, Glad I no. Glad I haven't seen it. 9, the directorial debut of the drummer from Slipknot, Officer Down. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Eight, Dumb and Dumber 2. There you go. Seven, The Gallows. That thing, pretty sure that's the worst thing Jason Blum has ever been involved in. Six, The Unfolding. 
I don't even know why it was called the unfolding. Five. <laughs> Lucky McKee's all cheerleaders die. I forgot this film existed. I'm pissed off with myself that I now remember it. <laughs> Four. Dario Argento's Dracula 3D. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No. No. Three. Voodoo. I had to review that thing. Two. Aftershock, because Eli Roth can sometimes just be the worst. Number one, American Sniper, because I believe that film is may well actually be responsible for the deaths of people. <laughs> yeah, I can't disagree with you on that. Um, I've only got seven, uh, but there was loads in there that you were saying that I was thinking, yeah, that Dumb and Dumber 2 should have been in there. So seven, Dracula 3D. Hey! <laughs> Six, Upstream colour. <laughs> no one talks about that piece of shit anymore. Good shout. That's a good yep. shout. No, and yet, yet everybody told you how fucking prophetic it was. And it's like, no, it's wankery. Yeah. <laughs> Five, they came together. Okay, I actually didn't mind that. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's people who made their names in rom-coms then taking the piss out of rom-coms, but in a really nasty way. Uh, for oh, the minute that somebody discovers that someone's got a tattoo, they instantly become a rapist. Oh, what was it? Sorry, uh, uh, three aftershock. Oh God, yeah, that's right. It's like as soon as she sees the tattoo, it's yeah. He tries oh, to rape her. He's yeah. been helping her all along. <laughs> God, that film. Yep. Number three, the lobster. Just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the mother. While the lobster's fucking off, fuck off with it. Right. And number one, number fucking one, the Babadook. Because you can't be a malevolent fucking bean that is then kept fucking at bay by worms in a basement. Oh, yeah, you do hate the Babadook. Good fucking shout. hate it. I know, fucking, fair enough. I fucking That's hate funny. it. That's it funny. once caused me to call somebody who I quite like a uh. cunt in a pub because they, I, I, I overheard them say, I was a little bit drunk. I overheard them say, oh, yeah, well, I, got, I, I actually got the book of the Babadook because I thought it was really, it was that good. And I was like, excuse me, what did you say? Like, oh, I got, I got the book of the Babadook. It's really good, isn't it? And it's like, no, you're, you're just a cunt. And then continued on with my conversation, which I thought at the time, it, was, it, it just happened. And then later on, I had to explain it to him. Uh, and we had a big argument about it. And I, I won because I'm right and he's wrong. Fair enough. <laughs> Very good. And, and he does occasionally listen to the podcast. So I'll expect to text off him at some point. <laughs> nice. He knows I'm kind of only joking. Uh, we did have some questions, but I, I am getting text off Becky saying... Oh, no. On the fucking Twitter feed, I said we'll definitely have time for questions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it is my fault, people. It is my dinner's fault. Um, but I can literally smell lamb upstairs. Uh, and I have fondant potatoes and carrots to cook. Uh, <laughs> all right, playing it forward coming, um, coming later this week. Yes, and next week, what we covering next week? We'll be covering... Hurricane, Heist, um, and... Ghost Stories, hope maybe uh, definitely A Quiet Place? Yes. So A Quiet Place and Hurricane Heist are pretty much defos. Yeah, maybe Ghost Stories. Yeah, okay, cool. Cool. Uh, right, um, so that was episode 250. It was a fun episode to yeah, record. That. enjoyed that. Uh, they always are, but, you know, that was, I had a good laugh with that. Uh, 
so yes so thank you much for listening everybody for the past 250 episodes whether you've listened to all of them or you've dipped in and out or you've just joined us uh, we thank you very much um, hopefully another 250 will be coming in the next few years indeed so thank you much for listening guys and we shall speak to you next week and I promise we won't keep those questions we will answer them next week because there's a couple of carkers in there um, so thank you very much guys speak to you soon bye bye To your villa, just for sun, a witness, all of your clean, all your pillar. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. Just review the situation that you call the pinner. To be a true player, you have to know how to play. If she say a night, can't be so say a day. Never admit to a word where she say. I used to claim I used to love, baby, no way. But she caught me on the counter. It wasn't me. She saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came in and she got me red-handed, creepy with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. I had tried to keep her from what she was about to see. Why should she believe me when I told her it wasn't me? She knows that she really not a right for Vicks. I never used to see her make the jigger low flex. I saw the else to favor you in the complex. Seeing is believing, so you better change your specs. You know she ever bring a bully for things up from the past. All the little evidence, you better know for mass. Quick by your hands, sir, no overtime. But if she back a gun, you know you better run fast. But she caught me on the counter. Wasn't me. She saw me banging on the sofa. Wasn't me. I even had her in the shower. Wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. Wasn't me. She saw the marks on my shoulder. Wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. Wasn't me. Heard the screams getting louder. Wasn't me. She stayed until it was over. Honey came in and she called me red-handed, creeping with the girl next door. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. How could I?